What's up, real life? How you guys doing tonight? That was very weak, but I'm going to ignore that. Um, how is everybody doing? Good? Good? Um, so I am so excited. First of all, don't do we have the greatest youth pastor in Georgia sitting on the front row right here, Pastor Jonathan. I am so thankful that you have given me the opportunity to speak here at Real Life Columbus. I have loved it, and I love each and every one of you. You guys are some wonderful people. Um, though I can't really see you, I know that you're, like, there may be a few of you that might be a little ugly, but most of you, most of you are beautiful people. I'm joking. Um, I just want to tell a little bit about myself. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to pray first because I cannot do this in my own power. And if Justin Gaston has got up here, I might just start rambling about, like, unicorns or something. And that would not be productive. All right, so dear Lord, I thank you so much for who you are, God. I thank you for my story. I thank you for the word that you have placed upon my heart this evening, God. And I pray that each and every person here would recognize that there is a message that is just for them. There is a God that loves them. Lord, I pray right now that we will learn even more how to live for you, how to live moss in this world of chaos. God, I pray right now that you would be with us. Continue to do what only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, like I said, I am Pastor Justin Gasson. I am just had a birthday on April 21st. Um, so, you know, if you forgot to say happy birthday to me, I'll be here all night. Um, so, I... Um, I've been a youth pastor. Uh, I was a youth pastor like four years before becoming the director of CLC like five months ago. So I'm pretty new around here. I did grow up around these parts. Uh, I went to um, high school at Harris County. I know you guys don't like that. Some of you guys are okay with that. You know, it's okay. I don't care. I made it. I'm successful. Yes. All uh, right. You know, um, I am so excited. I love people. Uh, for those of you that may not know, I have a few hobbies. I like to make videos and put them on the internet. Um, I like to talk a lot. Um, and I uh, like food. Does anybody else like food? Um, there are a few things that I do not like. One of those things, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that I despise is roller coasters. Um, does anyone love roller coasters? Um, see, I, I hate roller coasters. Do you see that? That is not safe. There is nothing about that that I, I have no control. If I fall out of that, I'm dead. All right? So I, I do not like roller coasters. I feel like, you know, the happy Justin that just loves to do things. And take me to Six Flags, and I'm a totally different person. Um, quick story. One of the first, when me and my lovely wife, Cassie, Cassie, that's my wife over there. She's beautiful. Um, she sang, and it made my heart happy. And I love my wife. Um, and... One of our first dates was to a fairground, and so I'm like, you know what, <clears throat> I'm going to put aside my fears, you know, like, it's really not the fear of roller coasters, it's the fear of not having control of my life that I'm scared of. Um, the fear of falling and the fear of, like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. That I really just don't, that fear of falling, if some of you guys are like, man, that's awesome, I'm like, you're crazy, I don't like that. Um, so, one of our first dates, we were to a fair, I forget what fair it, is, what fair it was, and Cassie's like, I love roller coasters, I love doing all these things, let's, let's get on that, I don't know what it's called. But it's that thing that, like, twirls sideways. Like, I don't know. You, you, they have different names, uh, like Rainbow, something like that. I don't know. So we got, she was like, let's go on that. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I'm going to die. This thing's going like, to shoot me, like, slingshot me up in the air. And I'm going to fly away. And, like, but she's like, no, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so as soon as we get on, like, the whole time leading up to the, the, the event, I'm like, it's good. Like, we're having fun. I'm impressing her. Like, we, don't, we just started dating at this point. Like, I got money. I paid for the fair. Let's do it. Um, and so I was like, it was like, it was great. So we sit down, and, like, everything was good. 
until that like that first rotation. The first rotation was okay. Like I was up, but then it just like dropped and like I lost everything. I was, I was screaming, and she was like, she was like scared. She was like, "Are you okay?" And, like she was like, she was like calming me down. Like she wasn't phased by the ride at all. But I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" And then we got off, and I was like, "I was good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." So I I really just don't like. The, the the thought like I can drive a car because like if I die like I can I can try to avoid it but like that like people get their heads cut off on those things y'all crazy uh, so I just really don't like roller coasters um, why do I say that I say that because um, tonight the title of my message is from fear to faith from fear to faith. Um, I know a lot of you love roller coasters because, like, they, they sound awesome. Like, they go fast. Like, I can understand. Like, you could talk to me all day to the in the face. Like, man, roller coasters are awesome. They go fast. You like feel like you're zooming around. It's gonna be great. And like, but like, it's not I'm not getting on. You know, we're supposed to go to like Six Flags this summer, and I will be the you know lame bag holder. Take a pic. I'm like, yeah. You know, I hold everybody's bags, and like, why y'all throwing up? I'm like, I told you. Huh? Um, like, I I just don't like. It's, it's not a thing. I'll do a lot of stuff, but riding roller coaster is not one of them. But I say that because it kind of reminds me of our walk with the Lord just a little bit. Because every week I have been here at Real Life, Pastor Jonathan tells us how amazing and how awesome walking with the Lord is and how amazing and thrilling it can be to truly enter into worship and how good it can be to sit out here, listen to a sermon, and truly get into it. But some of you guys just like to be like me and just stand there. And be like, I don't want to be. I don't want to do that Christian thing. It, it looked kind of, you know. But we, you hear time after time how good and how exciting and how thrilling, thrilling, truly walking with the Lord can be. But some of us are stuck. Some of us allow fear to keep us where we are. So tonight, I'm talking about turning fear into faith, turning what you are scared of into walking with the Lord, putting action behind that fear. Because I understand this life, what we go through, there are a lot of things that can be terrifying. So I'm not just talking about this fear, like overall, like jumping and scaring somebody. I'm talking about personal fear. I'm talking about doubt, not believing in yourself, thinking that you can't do those things because that personal fear is what stops you from living more. Having that personal fear and that doubt is what prohibits you from living master, living your life to the fullest potential. Having fear keeps you complacent. So my first point this morning, this evening, I'm used to preaching in the day. Uh, all right, so before I talk about fear, I need to define what fear really is. Fear is an unple- unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely causing pain or threat. My first point is when you have personal fear, you become a danger to yourself. When you have personal fear, you become a danger to yourself. Like I said, you can hear how great and how mighty and how awesome our God is. If you are stuck in personal fear, you are not going anywhere. You can hear time after time how great and how glorious our God is. But if you're captured and controlled by doubt, you're not walking and you're not going anywhere. And we need to be able to break free from that personal fear, that rejection, in order to move forward into what God has called us to do, in order to move into that next chapter of what God is telling us. You need to realize and understand that if you are caught in doubt, if you are caught in fear, I think that goes hand in hand with complacency. If you are controlled by fear, you are also committed to complacency. If you're totally enraveled with, you know, I can't do this, 
There's no way that I could ever be on the worship team. I'm too scared to really just kind of step out and invite someone to church. I really want to talk to my family about Jesus because that, that might not seem too cool. That's fear. You know, I think just like, oh, no, whatever. But you need to be able to say, I am not ashamed of who I am. I am called to do something exceedingly more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. And to not allow fear to keep you from doing something even more than you ever thought you were capable of. Real life, I'm here to tell you tonight that you are all called to do something amazing. Whether you believe it or not, whether someone at home has told you or not, you are called. And you can do something that is great. I have been in those seats. I've sat there and heard someone talk and say, you know what, you are so anointed, you can do something. And I've had that fear. And I've had that doubt telling me, like, that, those are just words. Oh, he just says that to everybody. Maybe it's because you're surrounded by people that are called, people that are world changers. When Pastor Jonathan says, says that every Wednesday, he means it. He sees the potential that is in each and every one of you. And he does not want this world to consume you in fear. Do not be stuck, unwilling to listen, unwilling to bend to the will of God. Breaking free from personal fear will lead to public freedom. Breaking free from personal fear will lead to public freedom. I want to read 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Do not fear. If you're controlled by fear, it says it right there, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you are completely controlled by your fear, how is God going to do a work in you? If you don't have the faith to step out and do something else, and you're allowing the enemy of your soul, as Pastor Jonathan says, I love that he says that because he truly is after your soul. He's after you and he wants you to fail. If he is after you, and you, he has fear hanging over you, and you have no idea how to commit yourself to faith, what are you to do? I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you a story about a man that is pretty awesome. My great-grandfather, Isaac Powell. Can you put my picture of my granddad up there? Look at him. Look at that stud. Mm, mm. That's my, that's my great-granddaddy. His name is Isaac, and he, he be doing it. Um, this man is an awesome, awesome individual. Um, I want to, like, you know, tell you a quick story in the life of Justin Gaston. Um, my mama, my mom back there, wave mom. Hi, that's my mom, Nikki, she cool. Um, and so for a long time, it was just me and my mother growing up in the streets of Patterson, New Jersey, not getting shot, praise God. Um, Patterson, New Jersey, is probably, I think it's on the list of like top like 15 most dangerous places to live. M Mama got me out. Thank you. I love you. Um, but for a long time, it was just me and my mom living in Patterson, New Jersey, and I really didn't have a father figure other than this guy. Um, he is an amazing, amazing individual. He taught me a lot from learning how to garden and how to, you know, do things to, to wisdom and sitting me down and saying, maybe you shouldn't do that. And also, I think there was one occasion, mm -mm, calm down. Um, there was one occasion when he, uh, he spanked me, and that is like, I try to erase that, because like, when he spanked you, it was like, you had done something real bad. And, um, but I, I share this picture to tell you of someone that is dear to my heart. Someone who helped craft me into the man that I am. I'm sure that you all maybe are thinking of a person in your life that is near and dear to who you are. 
That is, whether it's your mom or your dad or maybe your grandparents, a cousin, a close friend, there's someone that you can think of in this moment that has helped shape who you are, that has crafted you into who you are called to be. And I want to tell you tonight that I am thankful for him. I want to say that a lot of my life, I, uh, I know that I disappointed him and that I ran from the Lord. Uh, there was a long time of my life that I could share, I could share my testimony with you one-on-one if you'd like to talk sometimes, but I, I have been in um, RYDC, which is like youth and detention center, I've been in group homes, I've been in a lot of different things that caused me to leave home, and I, I just got in a lot of trouble. There were many times which I would call this guy or want to call this guy and not be able to, and I just knew that his heart was hurting for my current situation. And I know, I remember how proud he was the day I told him that I was going into Bible college. And the day that I told him I was going to preach my first sermon. And the day that I told him I was going to get married. And I can also remember the day that my mom called me and told me he died. I share that with you to tell you that on February 21st, 2015, I had a choice. I had a choice to stay in that personal defeat, to stay and not remember the amazing man of God that is on that screen. I could stay there where I was. I could forget everything he taught me. I could become depressed and I can sit in my defeat. I can allow my personal fear of not knowing what to do next without my grandfather stop me. He's been gone for two years. And I can think about it this way, like my, my grandfather's been gone for two years and I don't know what to do. But I choose to think about it in the fact that I'm two years closer to seeing him again. I'm two years closer to walking with him. And I share that to lead into my next point, which is God can turn impossible pain into tremendous power. I choose to not allow my situation, what I am going through, what, I have been, what has been tossed to me by this world, define who I will be. The only one that defines me is my King of Kings and Lord of Lords, my God. And I know that each and every one of you have a story, have pain, have gone through something, and I challenge you to turn your pain into tremendous power, to turn your testimony, what you have gone through, these eternal struggles that when you wake up day in and day out and tell yourself that you aren't worthy, you allow the enemy to tell you that you can't, rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Tell him that you are called, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, handcrafted to do exceedingly more than you ever asked, thought, or imagined. You are called to do great and mighty things and never let anyone tell you any different. Listen to those people. Listen to the Pastor Jonathans, the Jubilees, Pastor Juan, the people that truly do love you. And don't allow those people at school that like to make fun of the fact that you go to church that you listen to worship music, that you choose to dress a certain way, that you refuse to do certain things, that you won't go to that party. Don't allow them to define you. Turn your pain into tremendous power. Turn these seasons, these four years of high school that may be hard when you're surrounded by people that do not believe, turn that pain into tremendous power. Do not allow that fear to encompass who you are. You are more than you think. You are called to do far more. You have to learn how to stop looking at what the world has tossed in front of you and start looking past it to what God has for you. 
You may see brokenness, but you need to realize that God is a healer. You may see death, but he is a resurrection life. You may see loneliness, but your God is always there. Look past what this world is trying to serve you in this moment into what God has for you in your future. He has called you. You are all called, whether you believe it or not. You might not be called to stand on the stage like this, but you are called to change people's lives. You are called to be God-fearing nurses, doctors, teachers, leaders in your community. Use the tremendous power that God has for your life. Do more than you ever thought was possible. Don't see the now. See what God sees. God sees what you are going to become. You may be hurting now, but God sees who you will be. Fight through it. Dig deep. Want more. Don't allow the pain to keep you stuck. Don't allow the fear to keep you stuck. That personal fear that will stop you from living more. That will stop you from living the life that God has called you to. That will stop you from doing all that you have been called to do. Don't allow it to get in the way. I will never forget what my great-grandfather has imparted in me. I know that he would be sick in his, to his stomach if I just sat here. If I didn't share the wisdom and the love and the joy that he put into my life day in and day out. I know that his legacy will not die with me. That I will carry it on. Because I had a choice, like I told you. I could have chosen to be angry, to be full of fear, to say, you know what? I don't understand why this world has tossed me what has tossed me. Why am I going through what I'm going through? I could have been depressed. I could have sat there and said, you know what? And I did. I went through that. But through the glory of God, I realized how powerful overcoming my pain truly was. I wanted to hide it. I wanted to, to I, I was so scared to show and to, 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 to cry, to go through it. I was very fearful. I remember talking to Pastor Jonathan about it and talking to my senior pastor when I was in Roswell and there's all these different people about what I was going through. But until I realized that my life from that point forward was a testimony to him as well, I was encouraged. And I realized that there was power in that. I learned to look through the lens of faith. In order to live more, we must learn to look through the lens of faith, understanding that where we are now is not where we are designed to stay. Learn to look through the lens of faith. I never want to hear you guys say that I can't, that you can't do something, that you cannot be something. It may take work, you may have to strive for it, but I believe, and I will help you, I know Pastor Jonathan will be there for you, but you can be world changers. You can change your community, you can change your schools, and I truly do believe it. So, talking about living through the lens of faith. So, as long as I can remember, I've had to wear these things. Like right now, I can't see anything. Um, I, I can't. I, I see blurry subjects. So I don't. I don't have these things on. We're talking about the lens of faith. I don't have my glasses on. I'm blind. Like completely blind. Like if you put on my glasses, they'll hurt your eyes. Um, it's just it's really bad. And so having having these these contact lenses, I don't have contact lenses. I have um, bifocals. Excuse me. Um, if I having these glasses on made me kind of think, hey, how do these uh, how do these things uh, work here? You know, how does a uh, corrective lens work? If you can put that picture up there, how does a corrective lens really work? All right. So we're gonna learn something tonight. Okay. So 
Um, there is a concave and convex lenses right there. The top one is concave lens, and the bottom one is convex lens. Does anyone know why it's called a concave lens? Oh, look at you. Y'all smart. Y'all must be in high school doing it. All right. So um, I uh, truly did not for a long time understand, like, hey, well, why am I putting this glass on my face and now I can see? All right. So the reason that people cannot see properly is because your retina is having problems focusing on the light that is being taken in by your eyeballs. All right. So what your glasses do is your glasses... Um, change that issue, all right? So you understand that like everyone usually has a different type of prescription or for their glasses, they do different things for different people. That is because the light that is being taken in is being bent to fit the condition of the person wearing the glasses. Um, I share that with you tonight because I believe that God knows your condition. And when you begin to look through the lens of faith, that God will begin to bend the situation that you are going through to fit your certain condition. I believe that if you truly believe that I am not going to live in fear, that I will no longer be fearful in what is going on, that if I choose to not be stuck where I am, full of fear, and you choose to put on the lens of faith, God will begin to work in your life. Who begin to change your condition. He will allow you to have strength to carry on, to start taking that first step that is full of fear. But you know what? You know, God has given me a little, little grace. I'm, I'm going to take another one. And I'm like, ooh, I like it over here. So I'm going to continue to run towards the mark. I'm going to continue to want to go to where God has called me. Because when you have faith, God is on your side. When you have faith, you start to realize that he's always been there. When you truly have faith to believe that God can change your situation, things start to change around you. But you have to believe. You have to take a step. You have to truly have faith. And that's hard. You know, it seems really easy to like, you just put on your glasses and things are different. But it is hard. But I guarantee you tonight, real life, no matter what you, have gone, what you are going through, God is there. No matter where you are surrounded by, if you choose to take that first step and say, God, I need you. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to have faith. I don't know what's next, but I'm going to put on, look at life through the lens of faith and take that step. I guarantee you God will give you the courage to take another. But so many of us are afraid to even look through that lens because we do not want to see what God has for us. We're so comfortable living in our fear. We're so comfortable not going to what God has called us to do. It's become easy to, to, to go along with the status quo. It's become easy to not truly run towards the mark. And I've been there. I've been stuck. People were telling me day in and day out how great and how glorious God was, and I was stuck. I've been stuck because I was angry, because life wasn't fair, because I was going through things that I didn't think I deserved to go through. When I didn't realize that there was a God that went through so much more than this world can throw at me currently, but loved me no matter what. I challenge you again to start looking at life through the lens of faith and allow God to start bending his light in your life to meet your condition so you can see what God will do in your life. God knows your condition. He sees what you are going through. In real life, I encourage you tonight to not be afraid of what God has, to run from this world instead. So many of us are comfortable in this world, but there, there's nothing 
there's nothing this world can offer us. For some reason, it has convinced us that being over there with Christ, that's the scary thing. Because there is so much more life and love and calling and purpose and direction and provision with Christ. There is so much more with Christ. Don't allow this world to keep you where you're at. Do not fear. I want to read Psalm chapter 27 to you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life, so whom shall I be afraid of? Verse 2 says, when, I, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Verse 3 says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war will break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask, and this Lord do I seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord for all of my days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe. In his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Realize there is no reason to live in fear. There is no reason to be afraid because your Lord of your salvation is with you. God is with you, and he will never forsake you. There's no reason to be stuck in fear. But there's a big difference between being afraid and then being stuck. Big difference between being, you know, you're going to be afraid. But you can't stay there. Life's going to happen. Things are going to come across. But you cannot stay in that fear. I also want, to, want you to remember that some fear is necessary for faith. Fear is necessary for faith. They're saying, you know what, well, you just told, you spent a whole, like, you know, 25 minutes telling me not to fear. But I do not want you to stay in fear. You're going to be afraid. Because what would faith be if there wasn't any risk? What would faith be if you didn't have to, you know, step out into the unknown and to say, God, you know what, I am not in control. I'm going to trust you to take this next step. I'm going to trust you because you are the Lord of my salvation and you will be with me. You will set me upon a rock so my enemies cannot come against me. It takes a little, a little, a little courage. Guys, it's time to start ignoring that voice in your head that says, I can't. I can't sing on the worship team. I can't lead people to Christ. I can't study the Bible. Guys, maybe it's time to run towards the fear and start singing, start inviting, start studying God's word. Run towards the thing that you may be afraid of in faith. Looking at it through God's perspective that will bring you out, that will bring you to something that is so much more. Run towards it. Run towards that fear. Run towards the unknown. The world wants to stop you. It wants to keep you. It doesn't want you to go to that college that nobody else wants you to go to. It doesn't want you to go to real life and truly be sold out and to enter into worship because that's kind of weird. It doesn't want you to go there and truly love God. The world wants you to stay. It is scary sometimes to be sold out to the cause of Christ. But I guarantee you, if you do it, if you commit your life, there will be change. And people will see it. There is so much more.
There is so much more than you ever thought. Fear is necessary for faith, guys. It's scary. I know. I've been there. I've sat there and denied time after time that I was called to be a pastor. I did not want to have that mantle. I did not want to be ready for that. As I was getting ready for this message when Pastor Jonathan texted me, I was immediately full of fear. But I chose to run towards it and to preach this message because I knew that it was for somebody that was in this room. You cannot be afraid. You cannot stay in your fear. Run towards it. It may sound crazy. But I, I guarantee if you ask any, any pastor, any person that loves God, sometimes the craziest things are what God is saying, hey, look through the lens of faith because I have you. I will hold you. I will lead you. I will guide you. If the leaders can go ahead and make their way to the front, 